and welcome to this Endo Life episode 117. I'm Jessica Duffin, I'm an Endo warrior, an Endo health coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. This podcast is here to educate and shouldn't be used as a replacement for your current medical treatment. This episode is sponsored by my new free download, A Natural Pain Relief Toolkit for Endometriosis. This four-page guide includes some of the main natural pain relief and strategies that I use with my clients and that I personally use myself. These methods are evidence-based and effective and have even gotten some of my clients off their medication entirely and have helped them to experience their first pain relief, pain-free periods. To get your copy, go to the link in my show notes or go to my website and it's on the homepage there. If you just look at the top, there's an announcement bar and you can just click on that there. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's <laughs> the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them I don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk, and you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. So we're a couple of days away from New Year's Eve. So I just wanted to wish you all a really wonderful new year. And I hope that, you know, I know COVID isn't just going to go away at the stroke of midnight, but um, I hope that 2021 brings um, us all together and more health and yeah there's been a lot going on this year and I hope that we've learned quite a lot from what we've gone through and that we can come out as a better world on the other side so I'm sending you lots of love for 2021 and I just want to thank you so much for supporting me this year and I'm really looking forward to yeah what we can do together um in the year to come okay Today's episode is another in the series on root causes of symptoms and 92% of you voted for this episode so I'm assuming that that indicates that the majority of you experience pain with sex. Now just like the last episode as I explained having painful sex isn't just part of having endo and that there's you know there's just nothing we can do about it. Endo is very complex and the stress that it puts on our body may lead to other conditions so we're going to explore some of these conditions today and also some of the problems that may have already existed or may be added on to also living with endo that could be causing painful sex. 
Again, this is about shining a light bulb on these root causes so that you're not in the dark about your health anymore and you don't have to deal with them all at once and it's likely unlikely that you'll have them all. Um, so just take one and begin with baby steps there. What I'm really hoping is that you start the year with some clarity around what might be going on for you and at least an idea of where you want to move forward in terms of healing. I just want to give a trigger warning that I do talk very briefly about sexual trauma in this episode. So um, if this is going to be triggering for you, you might want to skip this episode. Um, it is it is a very brief mention, but I just want you to do what feels right for you and what's going to keep you safe. Also, I guess talking about our root causes and symptoms may feel a little bit heavy around New Year and New Year's and Christmas, but last year I did sort of goal setting episodes and kind of planning out your 2020. Um which is great, but I don't want to kind of just repeat that. Um, and I wanted really for you to go into the new year armed with knowledge and information because knowledge is power, especially when it's applied. So, um, you know, you can go away, take this knowledge and apply, apply this knowledge to your life and hopefully begin making some changes in 2021. Okay, so today we have nine root causes of painful sex with endo, and number one is vulvodynia. So before we talk about this, I want to share the difference between the vagina and the vulva, as we can often get them confused, just so that we're clear, because I'm going to be talking about them a fair bit. So the vulva is essentially what you see on the outside, such as your labia and clitoris and the opening of the vagina, whereas the vagina is internal and it's a tunnel-like tube from the opening up into your uterus, your cervix. Okay, so now that's clear, it might help you perhaps to understand where the pain is located and what that means, um, especially in the case of something like vulvodynia. So vulvodynia is chronic pain in the vulva area and it may include what pain that is worsened by sitting, wiping, having sex, using period products or movement. Um, you may not have it all the time, but you can do, it can be ongoing, but it's certainly a pain that returns. So it is persistent and it can actually feel like an array of different pain sensations. Some people describe it as like aching or throbbing and some people describe it as stinging um, or that kind of stingy, burny sensation. It can be another one of those conditions that are overlooked. So you may need to push for a referral to a gynae. Um, I know that many of you have had the classic line of um, just drink a couple, drink a glass of wine and relax when you're having sex and your pain isn't taken seriously. So you may need to push um, and get a second opinion. Don't be afraid to do this. This is a recognized condition. It's not in your head. Uh, the NHS recognize it over here. So a doctor should be able to refer you for it. Causes could include infections that have been left untreated or that resist treatment, but also nerve sensitivity or nerve damage, um, which I would argue could be caused from having years of chronic pain and also the chronic stress that comes with that, which upregulates the nervous system. So I feel like in the case of endometriosis, that could be really likely. Of course, chronic inflammation plays a role. 
as does the pelvic floor dysfunction that we've discussed in our last episode on bladder pain. Um, and full body chronic pain could also trigger the onset of vulvodynia. So someone who living with fibromyalgia might then start feeling this pain in their vulva. And trauma to the area, so surgery or sexual trauma could also trigger this. I've linked to a charity page and an NHS page that explains vulvodynia more. And I'm trying to seek some other resources too, but actually, surprisingly, there's not a massive amount out there. Um, I'm going to be doing an episode on strategies for painful sex, so you'll have some solutions um, that will support you. But from a holistic point of view, the answer isn't just taking painkillers and using top- topical creams, but um, which is most likely what they recommend, you know, in terms of going to the NHS, which plays its role, of course, but also, you know, treating inflammation, calming down the nervous system and trying pelvic floor physiotherapy. I would explore all three of those um, if you're comfortable with, with doing so. Number two is similar, but not quite the same. And that's vaginismus, which I've talked about quite a lot on the show in the past. Um, I've shared that I feel like I have been sort of developing vaginismus, but it's not at a really bad point yet. And I've also had a couple of guests on the show who have vaginismus. And vaginismus is a condition where the vaginal canal involuntary spasms and closes, usually in response to penetration or using a tampon or having a medical examination, that kind of thing. And it occurs as a body's response to fear of penetration, even if mentally you're not scared. It's more of a nervous system response, a defense mechanism. However, we have had guests on the show who have shared that their vaginismus has extended to being painful all the time and their vagina being closed all the time, not just when there's penetration occurring, um, which is how it's often described um, when you do research on it. Vaginismus can be caused by multiple issues, um, some physical and some emotional. It could be that endo has caused you pain internally for so long that you now fear sex, and so your body's attempt to protect you is to close up shop, essentially. Constant, painful, traumatic or invasive invasive medical examinations may have triggered it as well, which I know, you know, if you have spent ages trying to get to the root cause of your internal kind of pain during sex um, and your painful periods, etc. You might have had a lot of examinations and now you're at this point where your vagina is spasming and closing up and that could have been triggered by the trauma of all of those medical in- interventions and the fear that was associated with having all of those done and not knowing what was wrong with you. It could also come from having uncomfortable feelings around sex, like guilt, pressure, shame, or some kind of sexual trauma. Um, A gynae can diagnose you, but diagnosis can often be quite difficult. I've linked to the NHS guidance, and you could write down your symptoms from there and suggest vaginismus to your GP so that you can actually get a referral just in case for some reason they, you know, it hasn't come to their mind or they're not familiar with it. Although I don't know why they wouldn't be familiar with it. As I mentioned, I'm going to be doing an episode on strategies for painful sex next week, but some strategies for vaginismus include pelvic floor physiotherapy and calming down the nervous system so it feels safe. So mindfulness or breath work could really play a helpful role here. Um, And 100%, I 
as far as I'm aware, I don't think pelvic, I don't think vaginismus can be treated without pelvic floor physiotherapy. Okay, number three, adhesions or distorted fascia. We've discussed adhesions previously, but to recap, they are those web-like structures made from collagen, which form in response to a wound or a trauma, and their purpose is to knit the wound back together. Um, they're essentially scar tissue that kind of look like the spider's web that Spider-Man shoots out of his hands, and are probably just as strong, I would say, if not stronger. <laughs> Surgery and endo lesions are two of the main reasons people with endo may have adhesions. We know that adhesions form in 80 to 100% of patients who have abdominal surgery, which is probably the majority of us, um, and the lesions themselves can trigger the body to create adhesions too. The other thing I mentioned is the fascia. So fascia is a thin sheet of tissue which covers the entire body and it contains the muscles and the bones and it sits just below the skin. It's sort of like a sack that I guess mirrors the outline of the skin and keeps everything together and intact. And endo can grow on the fascia. And of course, if you have surgery, then they have to cut through your skin, but they cut through your fascia as well. And this can cause almost like a puckering in the fascia, which pulls on the fascia. And that then pulls on the rest of the fascia across the body because it's all kind of one sheet. And this can cause pain and distortion in other areas. So if you think about a bed sheet, imagine you've just made your bed and your bed sheets looking really nice and really straight. And then you pull it, you pull just one tiny area. The whole bed sheet shifts, right? It affects the entire bed sheet. So if you imagine that an endo lesion is creating this pulling or this puckering or surgery has caused this puckering, then that's going to be pulling up in other places in the body. And it's absolutely insane. You can, if you work with a pelvic floor physio, you can sometimes feel it. I had my physio do some work on my fascia around my pelvis and I could feel it in my calves. It was incredible. Um, and I could feel it shifting in other places. And at the time I didn't know what was happening and I explained it. And she was like, okay, this is your fascia. So really, really fascinating. If you have adhesions in your pelvic area or the fascia is tight there, this could result in painful sex. So the fascia, the fascia or the, like the tightness in the fascia or the adhesions may be pulling on your vagina or uterus. Um, they may be putting pressure on the area or hurting the surrounding organs, which then make might make sex painful. Now, don't forget, like your bladder is literally sitting right in front of your uterus and your vaginal canal, and your bowel sits directly behind. So if any of these are tethered to each other or the pelvic wall from adhesions, this is going to cause a lot of tension, guys. Like adhesions are really, really strong. And it could cause tugging and pain during sex, especially because you have like movement going on during sex. So you could be causing quite a lot of friction there and pulling. You can have pelvic floor, uh, you can have a pelvic floor physiotherapist or a vis visceral manipulation therapist examine you um, to have a look to see if there's any tightness from adhesions or fascia problems. And I've linked in the show notes episodes on pelvic floor therapy and visceral manipulation. Number four. Okay, so following on is pelvic floor dysfunction. Okay, you're going to start sit seeing a theme now. I think you guys are going to be recognizing a lot of the root causes are overlapping in 
you know, for all of these symptoms. So hopefully that's going to give you a bit of an idea of like, oh, okay, maybe I should start looking into pelvic floor or maybe I should start looking into SIBO. Think of your pelvis as a bowl. The bowl is made of muscle and nerves and in the bowl sits your bladder, uterus, slash vagina and colon. These muscles and nerves control the function of these organs Um, They allow you to pee, they allow you to open up your vagina for sex and birth, and they allow you to pass stools. So when you live in chronic pain because of endo, these nerves in the pelvic floor get used to sending and receiving distress and pain signals. And over time, it's their default mode and they can become hypersensitive and essentially become triggered by anything, including sex. Equally, As your muscles continually live with chronic pain, they begin to tighten. In one sense, this is in response to like an attempt to protect the surrounding area of the body. So they might tighten up if they're expecting like some kind of trauma to happen. Your body's anticipating that there's a threat happening. But also because of the positions that we take when we're in pain. So think about what you do when you're in pain. It's quite likely that you curl up um, or you adopt the fetal position and So the more we tense, clench and tighten, the tighter the pelvis muscles become and the harder it is for them to relax. That tightness causes tension and irritates the nerves and causes dysfunction of the organs, including the vagina. Again, a good women's pelvic floor physio could help you identify this. And I've actually linked to a few interviews that I've had on the show on the subject. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to the link in my show notes. This episode is sponsored by my new free download, Natural Pain Relief Toolkit for Endometriosis. This four-page guide includes herbal remedies and teas that are in your cupboards already, safe pain relieving supplements, essential oils for self-massage, and much more. There's a method for everyone, whatever your taste and your budget. Some of the options literally range from 40p to £10, so there is a range of things to support you. And the chances are that you're going to have some of these in your house already. So I'm hoping that this is a really accessible toolkit for you to get started. You know how I work. I like to make changes from our foundations of health, you know, nutrition, lifestyle. It's not about slapping on a load of like pain relief and supplements um, and kind of masking the symptoms. But Sometimes we need a bit of help to get out the pain so we can actually begin to make some changes and feel better. And these are the strategies that I use with my clients when they're stuck in the in a rut. They don't have the energy um, and they're having too much pain to actually be able to take the first step forward. So we just want to ease those symptoms, get them out of pain so we can begin this coaching journey together. So I'm hoping that if you're at this moment struggling to see the woods for the trees and get through some of your current pain that these methods are going to help you. To get your copy, go to the link in my show notes or just go directly to my website and the link is on the homepage. Number five is vaginitis. 
Vaginitis is a sort of blanket term for inflammation and irritation caused by most commonly some sort of infection. Symptoms include swelling, itchiness, pain, perhaps when going for a wee or having sex. And depending on the root cause, you might have like vaginal discharge. That's a bit unusual for you. Or perhaps there's no discharge at all. And you may even get a little bleeding. Now, it's not that vaginismus is co- um, vaginitis is common for the endo community in general, but it's actually just common. So it's worth mentioning here. Causes of vaginitis can include STIs, candida overgrowth, so thrush, allergic responses to contraception, lubricants or products that you're using on your vulva and your vagina, hormonal changes due to hormonal birth control or having a baby, um, etc., or you know, hormonal changes over time, perhaps you're on Zolodex, and skin conditions. You can often get diagnosed by your GP or gynae, and if you have something like candida or an STI, they will obviously prescribe you um, medication. But there are also natural options for candida, but I wouldn't try those without the support of either like a protocol from a book or from a doctor or course or health professional. I'm going to share more in my episode on strategies for painful sex, but um, removing perfumes and scents can begin calming down the inflammation. So if you're using chemical laden products, then I would just start switching out to non-toxic and non-scented ones. Okay, number six is endo lesions. Of course, this is going to be a common one for most of us. Endo lesions release inflammation into the surrounding area, but they also trigger the immune system to send inflammation to the area in an attempt to heal what the body perceives as a wound. However, the lesions are resistant, they don't heal. So all that happens is more scarring, cyclical bleeding and cramping and inflammation. We know that all three of these can cause pain and swelling in the area. And we also know that the common places for endo to grow are in the bowel, sorry, on the bowel, pouch of Douglas, which is just behind your vagina and in front of your colon. So it's sort of like this space in between the two and on the bladder and of course in the pelvic cavity. These are all very close to the vaginal canal and especially if your endo is on the pouch of Douglas, penetration might be directly irritating those endo lesions. Because if you think about where the pouch of Douglas is, if you look at it on a diagram, it begins literally just sort of where your cervix are. If you haven't had a good excision surgery, this may play a role in um, helping you to lower your pain. And I'm going to link to my episode with Dr. Andrew Cook because, you know, it's not. Uh, a flippant decision and you want to make sure that you're getting a really good surgery done. The gold standard of surgery for endometriosis is excision surgery. Um, And this is what I discussed with Dr. Andrew Cook. But if you're, you know, if surgery isn't comfortable for you, you don't want another one, then addressing the inflammation could really be your next step and potentially using some supplementation that directly targets the endometriosis. I'm going to link to my episode I think it's episode 102 where I discuss some doses for curcumin official, but I am going to be doing in my course um, a module on supplements and ones that directly target endo. 
Also, you know, it's worth noting that inflammatory cytokines and other inflammatory chemicals are involved in the development of endometriosis and the growth of endometriosis. So lowering inflammation overall is going to help you there as well. Okay, number seven is, you guessed it, inflammation. Um, This is another theme. This is another one that's going to keep coming up. So endo is an inflammatory disease. And as I just mentioned, it creates its own inflammation a clever little thing and it uses inflammation in the development process and it actually triggers our bodies to make constant inflammation as well. Chronic inflammation causes chronic pain and swelling and I often notice like if I've eaten something like inflammatory triggers and then I try to have sex I feel more swollen it's really interesting now I don't know if that's potentially like a histamine reaction and I'm having you know I'm having swelling but histamine is also um, an inflammatory reaction as well you could get tested for inflammatory markers but I don't know if it's really worth spending the money on that. We know from the research that people with endometriosis have higher levels of inflammatory chemicals in their pelvic cavity. And we also know that we have higher levels of oxidation, which is a process that leads to inflammation in the body. So we can reasonably assume that we all have some general, you know, higher level of chronic inflammation. One of the best ways to both check and lower inflammation is to eat less inflammatory foods and more anti-inflammatory foods and to lead an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. And really, that's good advice for everyone. You know, none of us want to be stoking the fire of inflammation because we know that it causes so many chronic conditions and diseases. So I'm going to link to specific episodes where you can learn more about lowering inflammation. Um, I'm going to link to my episodes with Jessica Drummond, um, my anti-inflammatory lifestyle episode, I've got some articles as well that I might put in if you find those useful. And if you want to kind of learn, you know, if you're not confident about doing it on your own, then of course there's going to be a couple of modules on lowering inflammation and nutrition in my course. Oh, actually, I'm going to link to my episode on blood sugar balancing as well because that is key to lowering inflammation. Okay, so number eight is IBS. You may not think that IBS can directly affect your sex life, but it certainly can. Many people with endo experience IBS-like symptoms. So many of you have shared this with me, um, especially bloating. And that can, you know, include not just bloating, but gas, constipation, diarrhea, all of which can make the abdomen and the pelvic area and the pelvic floor tight, tense, uncomfortable, and painful, of course. So your intestines sit right above your uterus. I'm going to see if I can get you guys a picture and maybe put it on Instagram or something. Um, And your colon is right behind your vagina and uterus. So if your intestines are, you know, inflamed or swollen, the chances are that they're going to be putting pressure on surrounding organs. And additionally, the inflammation and pain signals will spread to the surrounding area in an attempt to tell the body that something's wrong, especially if this is ongoing, like this IBS doesn't go away, your body is going to be reacting to that. Equally, you might have learned in my um, previous episodes on the endo belly that IBS problems can cause leaky gut, and leaky gut allows allergens and particles to flow through the bloodstream and cause an immune reaction in the body. And also in the surrounding area. And this immune reaction creates inflammation. Another issue that is if you have 
some kind of gut health issue like SIBO, the toxins that that bacteria give out, if you have leaky gut, could pass through the gut wall and seep into the pelvic cavity inflaming the area. And of course, that's also going to cause pain. So you might just be more aware of the inflammation and the pain when you're having sex, but you could be being inflamed all the time. Or you might notice that you eat something and then later on when you have sex, it's worse. If you've had like a lot of gluten or you had a lot of sugar, you might notice your pain is generally worse at that time. Whatever it is that triggers your IBS issues up. Okay, number nine, it's going to be another familiar one, is an upregulated nervous system. So as I've explained in previous episodes, if but you know, in case you haven't listened to those, the brain is designed to protect the body and itself from threats. And it takes clues from the past and current environments. So if you've experienced chronic endopain, this may have created this feedback loop where the nerves are signaling distress to the brain, and then the brain is sending out pain to alert us that there's a problem, and then the area inflames to protect it in an attempt to heal. But because our immune system can't seem to remove endo, and we're, you know, we're now having this constant feedback loop where the body is now sending up more distress signals saying it's not going away, and the pain just the brain sends more pain etc. So we're now in this pain and inflammation loop and the nerves are becoming more and more heightened and the body is feeling more and more stressed and feels more and more at risk and threat. Now this is made worse if you're experiencing chronic stress or acute in the moment stress. If you feel unsafe in your body or your home or with the person you're having sex with, because it's reinforcing the brain's belief that you're at risk or in danger. As far as the brain is concerned, it it doesn't care if what's stressing you out is, I literally can't think of a mild example, a stressy email from your boss or an actual threat to your life. The brain is going to register it as exactly the same. As far as it's concerned, you're at risk and the same the same reaction occurs. So what happens is your brain now starts responding to all of these triggers in a more heightened way. The more that it believes it's at risk and the more it feels unsafe, the more it's going to be looking for trouble and responding with a stronger reaction to any threats in the body. Of course, if you've experienced sexual trauma, this is likely to have an input on your brain's perception or safety in the pelvis and pain may have been its way of informing you that something was happening to you or it could be a way of telling you that there's some trauma there that, you know, perhaps you swallowed down and it's now being felt in your body. So, of course, if that is the case for you, then you may need to explore some kind of emotional support or therapy. If you don't feel ready for that, then perhaps it's about certain books. I'm going to explore this a little bit more in my strategies for managing painful sex next week. But on a more general level, to calm down an upregulated nervous system, you really need to look at your life and any areas you think might be stressing your body or mind. So that can include physical or mental stress. So I'm going to link to a couple of episodes where we discuss this further, both emotionally and physically. I'm going to include some um, an interview with a couples therapist. I'm going to be I'm going to include an interview with Aubrey from Piece of Endo because she talks a lot about 
um, kind of the energetic side of things, Nicole Cousine, Jessica Drummond, and anything else that I find that could be useful for you. But this episode, this episode is really just a starting point for you to start thinking about what might be causing some of your pain. And is there, you know, one or two areas you can begin improving? And next week, I'm going to give some strategies to help alleviate pain with sex. I really hope that this has given you something to think about and yeah, empowered you with more knowledge. I hope you guys have a wonderful new year and I will see you next week. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, You can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world. 